Clinicians have more than 200,000 patient interactions. For example, outpatient appointments, emergency department visits, interaction on inpatient rounds during their careers. And that doesn't include telephone calls or secure messaging. Clinicians also have innumerable meetings and conversations with colleagues and interdisciplinary teams. Yet, like me, most clinicians received little or no formal training in what might be seen as the most common procedure that all clinicians perform. Would you trust a surgeon who told you, I haven't had any formal training for this procedure, haven't observed any experts, nor have I been observed and received feedback, but over the course of time, through trial and error, I think I've found what works for me. That is essentially how physicians were trained in communication skills for decades. In the 1970s, the concept of patient-centered care emerged. This model shifted control of medical decisions toward the patient. It's your body. You should be involved in the decisions about your care. Research has confirmed the value of a patient-centered orientation. We must know what is important to patients and what they understand. This does not mean, however, that the patient is always right according to the customer service mantra. Effective communication in the context of a patient-clinician relationship is not the same as customer service in a retail business. Patient-centeredness research examines how the clinician cares for and shares power with the patient in an encounter not whether the clinician completely cedes control to patients. Testing, diagnoses, and treatments should not be solely up to the patient to decide because clinicians bring expertise that patients need and want for the best care. It's not safe to give Mr. Johnson any opiates, as much as he might want them. <laughs>